You are listening to the Slow Living Podcast, and I'm your host, Stephanie O'Day. What if I told you that you could truly have the life of your dreams, the life you've always wanted, one filled with abundance, joy, and a sense of purpose? It's absolutely possible, and I see it each and every day with my coaching clients. It all starts with learning how to slow down. You deserve to live the life you've always dreamt about. Let's get started. Hello, hello, Slow Down Society. We are on episode number 106 of the Slow Living Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie O'Day, and I'm so happy that you are here. I am just a little overjoyed and tickled that we passed the two-year mark, and I am recording with you live this morning. And by live, I mean I've taken the last six weeks off, and you didn't know I took the last six weeks off, but um, I did. I had recorded uh, in batches ahead of time over the summer. And so this is live. I am recording this in October of 2023. And those last six or so episodes I had done actually in August. And the reason I did that is because I had a book deadline. And in order for me to utilize my time wisely in the morning. I needed to have those kind of O-dark hundred early hours where my brain is still buzzy and active and the caffeine is doing its job um, for writing instead of talking. Um, I had a few, I had two days a week where I was up early coaching, um, but then the other two days, uh, actually three days, I try my hardest not to work on the weekends. Um I was writing and the book is done and done is in quotes, meaning I haven't turned it in yet to the publisher, but I went through a few different rounds of edits and I have some friends and family reading this draft, but it feels really good. And uh, the book will come out next fall. So the fall of 2024. So I will give you a lot more information about that a year from now. And it's really interesting that it's fall because fall is essentially um, crops dying (laughs) and, and bunkering down and getting ready for the winter. But for me, fall has always kind of been my favorite time of year. It's when I was born. Um, I like the crisp air. I like fall colors. Um, I like pumpkins. I like the smell of apple cider. I like cozy sweaters and candles and boots. And uh, I guess evidently the style right now is not to have skinny jeans and tuck your jeans into boots, but I like that. So I'm going to keep doing that. And I'm terribly frugal. So I'm certainly not going to throw away the drawers full of jeans <laughs> that I have in multiple colors that work well with my boots. So today, today we are going to talk about manifestation and magical thinking and how they are the same, how they are different and how you can utilize these two things to essentially, sort of, kind of, get what you want out of life. So this last episode that we just 
aired. So I did. I recorded it at the end of August with Beth, episode 105. And so that we titled Before and After with Beth. And it was Beth talking to us about how she and I coached together three years ago and we mapped out her three-year plan. And then she, she's done. She left. <laughs> she did the hard work all on her own and then came back and shared with us. And so for some people, that would be like, OMG, Beth manifested this amazing boyfriend. And OMG, Beth manifested um, a job that she loves. And OMG, Beth... Uh, has lost some weight and OMG, she's got a good relationship with her coworkers and her family and her daughter and is running for mayor and has this like great life and great outlook. And, um, she manifested it and, and yes, yes, she did. She did by doing the work and the work is essentially going through those five steps of slow living and applying it to all of the components of the peace pyramid. And then also sort of using the mindset action consistency formula. And that is what manifestation is. And so that's what we're going to kind of break down a little bit here today. So if you're brand new and you're thinking, OMG, Steph, I have no clue (laughs) what you are talking about. You are not behind. So I never want you to listen to my words and think you have to play catch up or think that someone knows more than you and you're doing things wrong. No, no, no. You are perfect. You are wonderful. Just how you are right now. This information comes to you and you are ready to hear and you are ready to listen and you are ready to absorb and then apply when you are ready. So there's this, the the kind of trite saying that goes around um, an awful lot is, uh, I, I so, sort of, um, it, when it's meant to be kind of thing. And, and I always sort of, Uh, twist that to if it's meant to be, it's up to me. But in this case, if if you're hearing this now just for the first time, that's okay. You weren't ready yet. You you weren't ready yet. and, And now's the time. So the peace pyramid is what I walk all of my coaching clients through. And it is what is available in the self guided coaching course on my site. And you can find all of that information, Simple Shortcuts to Peace. It's at stephanieoday.com forward slash peace, P-E-A-C-E. And in that, we share what the peace pyramid is. And the peace pyramid is the very tippity top, that, that kind of calm feeling. I've got this feeling of peace and, and inner wisdom and just security and contentment of knowing that it's all going to be okay. That comes from planning. That comes from doing the hard work. So the components in your pyramid, if you're building a solid foundation from the ground up, starts with time management, then health, then finances, 
Then we move on to organization. Then we do relationships. And then at the very top, you can put that little tiny bitty piece of the pyramid, the triangle, and that is peace. And in order to get that, we use the five steps of slow living. That is all outlined for free in the Slow Down and Simplify ebook. And that's on my site. Um, it's in the, the free section. Also, if you opt into the mailing list with the little pop-up, it'll send it to you right away. But either way works. The first few episodes of this podcast, I I uh, draw it all out, line it all out, outline it. I think that's the word I'm looking for. I outline it for you. But the five steps of slow living, if you utilize those steps in each component of the peace pyramid, you've got it. And that is what Beth did. And so the, the five steps, number one, really quick to recap is declutter, declutter all of the things that's not working for you. So when in doubt, if you're listening to me and you feel a little frantic or you feel a little behind, that's okay. Open a closet, open a drawer, do some decluttering. It will make you feel better. It will make you feel de- uh, sort of productive and, and as if you are taking charge. And so that act of decluttering um, will help move you forward. Always, always, always. In order to have room for more, the best thing to do is to, to purge a little, to purge. Um, two, know where you're going. Set your metaphoric GPS. You need to have an end goal in sight. And for many people, this is where they get stuck. This is where they get stuck in manifestation because they think they can sit and daydream all day long um, by, by setting that GPS. Three, stay in a positive attitude of gratitude as much as you can. Yes, it's really difficult when you want more to take the time to be thankful for all that you have, but that's just how it works. You, you need to be positive and, and be aware of all of the good things. So then when more starts to appear on the horizon, you recognize it and then you go for it. Four, teeny tiny baby action steps every day. I'm a huge fan of timers. Do a 10 minute something or other. You want to work out and you're not feeling it? Set a timer. Get your heart pumping. 10 minutes. Set, tell Siri or Alexa or, or whatever uh, digital assistant you may have. I love bossing <laughs> computers around um, and telling them to set timers for me. Do it. Just do the thing. And then five, tweak, modify, fine tune, figure out what works for you and what doesn't. If it's not working for you, toss it and, and not toss it haphazardly in a very thoughtful an intentional way. I am a huge fan of 30-day challenges, uh, three-month challenges, 100-day challenges. If you have an idea and you set a plan in action, don't do it for two days and then when you're not feeling it, you toss it. That's not tweaking. That's throwing out the baby with the bathwater or whatever, or, or huge sweeping generalization. No, do something with intention, 30 days. 100 days, whatever your idea is, and then, then see if it's working and tweak and modify and fine tune. So if you do those things, that is the markers of a life well-lived. And then you can look back at yourself 10 years ago, 20 years ago, and think, OMG, where I am now versus where I was is, is night and day. I don't even recognize myself. And then that is when you go around and you tell people 
oh, look at all of the things that I've manifested and done. Well, sort of, kind of, but you really did the hard work. The, the first time I heard the term manifestation um, was probably 2007-ish, and it was from watching the movie The Secret. So I did not read the book first, did not know it was a book, um, heard about the movie probably from Oprah, probably from watching the Oprah show, um, and then found the movie. I am not sure where I exactly first saw it. Probably I rented it from the library or found it online. I am certain I did not pay money um, for that. <laughs> and, and at that time, I was at a crossroads. I had quit working for the um, for the social service agency that I worked for, and um, I, I was not running preschool centers at all anymore because I had a two-year-old home with me who was sick. She was vomiting sporadically. Um, we found out it was celiac, which is a gluten intolerance, but at the time that I quit, we didn't know why she was vomiting. Celiac was nowhere near as prevalent as it was now. So no one gave us the idea, nor did we have the idea, hey, let's just cut out gluten for a while. Now, it's just kind of a no-brainer. You have any sort of GI issues in any way, one of the first things is let's do um, an intolerance test and cut out gluten for two weeks. Um, did not do that. In fact, I continued to slowly poison her by uh, giving her saltine crackers and and things to help soothe her stomach. Oops. Anyway, she's totally fine now. She is off in college and she is uh, healthier than, <laughs> than all of us. Um, but that, I was in a low and I was searching and seeking and I watched The Secret and it did sound too good to be true. It, it really, really did. And the way it was portrayed is too good to be true because you can't really just sit around and, and daydream and cut out pictures of a magazine and make a vision board and not do anything with that. So, um, I'll put these in the show notes, but, um, in episode 11, I talked about, uh, my wooedness and, and that one is entitled, how woo are you? And I talk about how I like to take different bits and pieces from world religions and spiritual teachings and then apply them to my own life. And if it doesn't feel good, I, I don't follow through. I, I'm not a, a, a rapture-y type um, brimstone person. If, if it doesn't feel good or I don't immediately align to it, I'm, I'm, I just don't apply it to my own life. Um, I, I was raised Christian. I believe in many of the Christian teachings, and, and many I do not. And so then I actually really like an awful lot of Buddhist teachings. Um, I, uh, I, I just, I, I really don't follow any one thing and decide with intention that this is it and now my mind is closed um, because I have all the answers. Um, 
that is not who I am. And that is what I would suggest to you to try to be open-minded as much as you can and, and take the ideas that I'm teaching and take the ideas that maybe you hear from other people and apply it to your own life. Because anyone who says, this is it, this is the, the secret answer. Uh, and if you do this every single time in exactly this exact, exact, exact same way, your life will be complete. They're lying to you. They're, they're truly lying and it's a marketing ploy and they're trying to get you to throw money at them. I would love to work with you. I would love for you to read my books. I would love for you to join Simple Shortcuts to Peace. But if it's not for you, that is okay. I, I, will, I will never give you this over-the-top sales pitch or sales promise. Um, if it works, great. If it doesn't, let me know and let's tweak and let's fine-tune and let's modify and figure it out how to make this apply to you and your life. And that really, in my mind, is the golden nuggets, or are the golden nuggets, sorry, grammar, um, of manifestation. So after the secret, um, my life trajectory did change in many ways. I, um, I emailed a, a, a local um, parenting magazine and asked to write for them. And so I did some freelance writing. And then from there, a friend of mine was doing work for blogher.com. And so I started working with them. And then from there, I started the idea of the Crockpot site. Along the way, so that was 2008, along the way, way back, I mean, I, I wrote my whole life. I wrote for the high school newspaper. I wrote short stories on my own. Um, uh, between Kid 1 and Kid 2, I emailed the editor of our local town newspaper and said I wanted to write a column and she didn't have to pay me. I just wanted to write. And so they gave me a column and that was called Steph and Sensibility. From there, I began writing book proposals and um, pitching. This is back in the day, but, but pitching um, agents literary agents and publishers. And all of that, all of those stepping stones were already in progress. I had already done that work of, of, of knowing that at some point I wanted to write and coach and teach and, and speak. Um, and so it sort of, maybe to an outside observer, it looks like everything was just sort of magically appeared or, or magically was handed to me. And, and I just want to embark upon you that there was always stuff happening um, below the surface, things that you couldn't see that I was working on. I am the type of person when I have an idea, I follow it through um, because I know I would be bummed if I didn't follow through. So I do do those things. So the, the next episode I'm going to talk a little bit about was 28, which is mindset is everything. And, and that sort of plays into, um, 
84, where I talk about that formula of mindset plus action plus consistency is the secret sauce. And so getting yourself in a good mindset um, is paramount. And mindset isn't really something that you kind of turn on or off. I think it's something that, that you cultivate and something that you nurture. So for me, the best way to sort of reset my mindset is with journaling. Um, I like brain dump journaling. Um, I'll open a Google doc and just kind of, um, get it all out. Um, sometimes if I'm at work and I'm stuck, I'll just open a notebook and I kind of write, I have a guided daily journaling worksheet um, that you can download at stephanieoday.com forward slash daily. And the very first question on it is to help you shift your mindset. And the question is, how do you want to feel? So if you're in a bad mood and you feel anger and you feel rage and, um, you hate everybody around you and you, and you hate yourself maybe, and you hate your life circumstances saying you want to feel joy or something so far on the other end of the spectrum will not work. So, um, in school we teach a, uh, uh, we teach an emotional, a self guided self kind of emotional regulation model called zones of regulation. Is that what it's called? Zones of regulation. I will, um, yes, that's what it is. It's the zones of regulation to help you self-regulate. So really intense emotion is in a red zone, really intense rage, fury. Um, like you just want to kick somebody cause you're so angry. So you can imagine like a third grader with so much fury in his or her body. So then going from red to a kind of a green zone feeling of joy and happy and and love and peaceful it 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 doesn't it doesn't work but maybe a red to a blue where a little bit better feeling um is disappointment or uh uh, just kind of sadness. So, so sadness is absolutely up higher than rage on that kind of like emotional ladder. And and if you're on like a set of monkey bars, you have to just reach for the next rung or a rung that's just a little bit closer to you. You can't go from one end to the other. You can't just leap. And, and that's fake. That's phony. That's when people start talking about toxic positivity of like, oh, just be happy. Like, no, <laughs> that doesn't work. You can't just shift to be happy. But you can reach for a slightly closer, better feeling thought. So, so maybe, maybe when you're done feeling rage and fury, um, you can feel just a teeny, teeny tiny bit better. And, and maybe you acknowledge that the reason you're feeling rage is because you got embarrassed or you were disappointed by someone you loved or you felt, um, it's usually embarrassment <laughs> where, where rage kind of, um, 
comes into. Um, I see this a lot with parents when parents are upset and really angry at their children. It's usually because they felt disrespected or their child tantrumed in public and they immediately felt all these eyeballs watching them. And so they kind of felt um, like they were on display. And, and so that feeling of embarrassment kind of bubbles up. So where it turns into um, kind of magical thinking and what I want to make a huge differentiation in your mind is when you're manifesting and you use that mindset plus action plus consistency formula, you really can, can figure out in a slow, steady, sustainable way how to get from where you are to where you want to go. And it's not snapping your fingers. It's, it's not that. As you can hear from Beth's story, it took three years. If you watch my life trajectory, I was in a really not cool space. Um, we didn't know if we would be able to, um, to, to afford, literally afford, uh, to live in the SF Bay Area if I wasn't working. So I knew I needed to work. And I did feel frantic. And I did feel floundery. And I did feel as if I was drowning and the walls were closing in on me. And then all of a sudden, I got a really great idea. And so then I, I put the action plan in place. And then I consistently followed through. And if you look at from where I was in 2007 to, to three years fast forward, it was 2010. Not only did my idea take off and the website took off and I got to write books and be on TV and do all of these things and hit the New York Times bestsellers list, we decided to have another baby. We decided, wow, we're going to be okay. It's all going to be fine. And it was okay to have a baby. What we did. If you had told Steph of 2007 that in three years it all would be okay and you'd have a third baby, she would have laughed her head off at you. There was no way that seemed possible, but that's what happened. And if you talk to Beth of three years ago when I was on the phone with her in October of 2020 to Beth of 2023 October, night and day night and day. But she had the idea. She caught herself in a good mood. She put herself in a good mindset. She created an action plan. And then every day, bit by bit, she consistently inched forward towards that dream. And it turned into reality. And that's what manifestation is all about. So the other part of manifestation is magical thinking. And so, so this episode is 106 and I called it manifestation uh, and magical thinking. Magical thinking turns into superstition. It turns into thinking that you are truly the master of everything and you are the main character of the world <laughs> and everything is happening all around you. Um, because you did it. Uh, and some people take some of the teachings of manifestation a little too far. And then it, it turns into main charactering. And that's actually a, a psychology term of main character syndrome. 
and you can look that up. I like to sort of liken it to superstition and magical thinking. So when we're little, uh, we would skip cracks on the sidewalk because we didn't want to make break our mother's back. And, um, I, my hope is you've now outgrown that and you know that your mom's back pain has absolutely nothing to do with whether or not you have stepped on too many cracks in your life. Um, it comes up, uh, so I'm not a sporty person at all. Um, I, I, I don't, uh, really follow sports on TV. I, I will go and I will watch them usually because I like garlic French fries, um, but I've got friends and they think sometimes, or they say out loud at least sometimes and make jokes about it, that um, the reason that their favorite sports team that they are watching on the couch in their own house, two or 3,000 miles away from where the game is playing, their game, their sports people lost because they, they sat on the wrong couch cushion or they weren't wearing their lucky underwear or something like that. No. So, so that's magical thinking. You have nothing. You have nothing, 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 nothing to do with what is happening on the field of your sports team. If perhaps you are there in person watching and it's your own child and you are giving off vibes and so you think maybe your child is not pitching as well as he or she could or should because you're there and then you think you're bad luck and you don't want to be there anymore, there could be some truth there. It could be that your child gets nervous when you're watching or your child eagerly wants to please you so badly that they forget the coaching and, and, and mess up. So, so you can tie those two together, but you cannot tie whether or not your favorite sports team where you know absolutely nobody to. So, so I hope you can see there's, there's a huge difference there. Um, some things sort of can turn into obsessive compulsive disorder. Um, people throw that term around a lot. Um, people who like to clean or people who like things a certain way say, oh, I have OCD. Well, OCD is a clinical psych term. And if you like things clean or a certain way, probably you don't have OCD. OCD is a bit debilitating and it means that you are so uncomfortable living in everyday life that you have to do rituals. And if you are ever around someone who really does have this disorder, you will know that um, choosing your words carefully is important um, because if you're okay leaving the house without turning a doorknob seven times a certain way and turning on and off the lights a certain way and um, obsessively checking the coffee pot a certain amount of time. So, so it's usually numbers and they have to do it a certain way in a certain order. Um, it, it really is debilitating. So, so you thinking when you're at the mall, gosh, did I unplug the hair straightener and feeling really uncomfortable about it and, and maybe even leaving the mall to come home and check. That's not necessarily OCD. That's really just 
being a responsible adult human who has worries and wants to protect the investment and doesn't want the house to burn down. Um, so, so there you go. And I, if your thought process right now is, gosh, did Steph go off on a tangent? Yes, she did. <laughs> because, uh, I, I think that there's, there's just a lot of psychobabble that, that gets thrown out there. And I am not a psychologist. I spent a lot of time reading and researching and I have taken many, 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 many courses on a whole bunch of different things um, to help be a well-rounded person so then I can help teach and, and model the, uh, these things to others. And so sometimes, sometimes I get a little preachy about that. Okay. So, um, and then the, the last kind of part about manifestation versus magical thinking and how you can apply it to your own life. Um, I talk about a little bit in episode 56, which is waiting to be saved. You are in charge. So, so regardless of your religious beliefs, no one will swoop in and save you. And, um, and, and that's just really something to be aware of that if you want to make sweeping lasting change in your life, you have to get started. Um, and you have to do the things that you need to do or the things that you think you need to do in order to make forward progress. Um, a lot of us sometimes have the idea, um, when you think about a new health plan of, oh, I've got to do this and oh, I've got to do that. And I need to start working out. But if you're not doing the things and you're just talking about them, you will stay stuck. You have to create the action and you have to move forward. No one will come with a magic wand and immediately um, fix all that ails you with, without you doing some work. Even if you need surgery, you have to do the work of deciding you need surgery, calling to make the preliminary appointment, finding a surgeon that works well with you, doing the pre-op stuff, putting it on your calendar, driving to go do the stuff, fasting, all of the stuff that you need to do. Yes, maybe the surgeon is skilled and, and fixes whatever's ailing you, but you also need to do the work that comes with, with post-surgery um, procedures. You need to maybe eat a certain way and, and do the physical therapy. You have to do your part. In uh, that last episode, I walked Beth through a, a, a coaching kind of, um, well, I guess it's, it was a worksheet. Is it a worksheet? I don't know. I walked her through oh, an exercise. <laughs> That's the word I was looking for. I walked her through a coaching exercise where, um, I had her uh, draw a triangle on a piece of paper, a very large triangle, and the, the peak top was her goal. And in this situation, it was um, becoming mayor of the tiny uh, village in which she lives. And my hope is when this airs, um, she will be the mayor because that would be awesome. And, uh, and what I asked her to do was to draw a line down the middle of the sheet of paper. And on the left side in that um, part of the triangle, write down all of the things she thinks 
she can do or things that she should do on her own to become mayor. So maybe that's printing out flyers and and posting it, um, little tiny pieces of paper that she can hand out at the grocery store, um, creating stickers or badges or talking to people um, on the street, going uh, going door by door, creating a phone tree. All of these things that she has in her own power that she can control. Um, And then on the right side, that is left to God or the universe. And it, it, it comes to this idea that I love, which is the universe will meet you halfway. God will meet you halfway. You do your part and then trust. But you can't sit and hope and dream and pray that something magical will happen. You, you have to actually do this stuff. So yes, pray. And yes, daydream. And then when you get those ideas in a quiet, calm spot, that's, that's the nuggets. Those are, are the things that you have to then go and do in a thoughtful and a consistent way. And that's how God in the universe will, quote unquote, save you. Uh, there's a modern family episode and, and it's a, and it's a bit about this. It's, it's kind of like puppet mastery where, um, Phil and Gloria and Cameron are trying to get the Pritchett side of the family to take them to Italy. So in order to kind of plant those seeds, they started, um, cooking more Italian meals and, and leaving um, magazines here and there around because they knew if they flat out said, let's go to Italy, um, to the other side of the family, it wouldn't work. So they planted the, the seeds and, and the awareness, and then it turned into to their idea of, of thinking, hey, on our family vacation, let's go to Italy. I've got this, uh, this idea that we should go to Italy. And, and so then the other side of the family knew, well, that happened because I laid the groundwork. I did the thing um, in order to help you come up with that idea. When I was seven or so um, was the first time in my memory, I feel as if I manifested something. And that's because I wanted a hamster for a very, very long time. And I checked out books from the library about hamsters. I wrote stories about hamsters. I drew hamsters. I talked about hamsters with everybody I could think of, but I didn't have one, but I wanted one. Um, And then one day over dinner, my parents told me uh, that after dinner, after we cleaned up, we were going to go to the pet store in the mall and I could pick out a hamster of my very own. And, and I, I actually remember being so overjoyed with emotion and just overwhelmed with, with just, wow, I can't even believe this is happening that I burst into tears. So now, uh, so we're 40 years later cause I'm 47 in a, in a few weeks. Um, now I can cry when I'm elated easily. But at the time, my little body was so just filled with emotion that I burst into tears. And I remember my dad uh, being a little startled, like, 
what's going on? You okay? And I, and it was because I was just so overjoyed that what I wanted in my mind for so long was coming true. And, and that's manifestation. But I also sort of played my part to all of the adults around me of talking about hamsters all the time, um, showing that I was a responsible person and I could care for a hamster and, and doing all of those things. Um, one other kind of uh, life story of the universe meeting you halfway or God meeting you halfway. Um, I went on the Rachel Ray show in 2008. And I did that because I emailed the show. And um, I've talked about this in past episodes. If you want to read the entire story, it's in um, uh, a, a book and it's on Amazon and on the site called The Mommy Blogger Next Door, aka How I Became the Crockpot Lady. But I emailed the show, got on the show, did the show, loved the show um, in February. It didn't air until July. I had to do all of the stuff between February and July with this a secret. I, I had signed an NDA. I wasn't able to share this was happening, so I never did um, until a day or two before the air date, and then I could tell my readers what I couldn't know. What I what there's no way I could have known was that one of my readers' husbands worked for. Um, this entertainment arm that had a publishing house and she told her husband to watch the clip and then he walked down the hall of his office building and told an editor who then the next day emailed me. There's, there's no way I possibly could have known any of that. I just did my part on TV to do, well, to, to teach how to make crockpot and, uh, and how to make Cremberlin a crockpot, which is pretty amazing and wonderful and magical um, that you could do that. And, and, and so, so just be aware. Yes, you can manifest things and, and you can think about things and then and turn them into real life, but it's not just sitting on a mountaintop at sunrise that, that makes that kind of stuff happen. Um, there, there's definitely some work involved and, and the work is what is taught in the simple shortcuts to peace course and, um, and using those five steps to slow living. So the resources are there. I am here. I think you're great. I think you're wonderful. I'm really proud of you. And I hope wherever you are, you are having a magical day where the things that you think about start to manifest and turn into real, tangible things. All right, Slow Down Society, I will talk to you again next week. Do you have a slow living story to share? Leave me a voicemail at stephanieoday.com forward slash podcast with any questions, comments, feedback, or testimonials, and I will be sure to include it in an upcoming episode. Also, if you found value in this episode, please share it with your family and friends and subscribe through your favorite podcast provider. The more you share, 
comment, and leave positive reviews, the more people we can reach and share the slow living, lifestyle, and messaging. Thank you, Slow Down Society, and have an absolutely wonderful day.